Xavi Alonso first encountered Carlo Ancelotti when he took charge at Real Madrid eight years ago. The pair won the 2014 Champions League together and reunited when Ancelotti was appointed boss of Bayern Munich in 2016. Alonso's final season before retiring concluded with an Ancelotti-inspired Bundesliga title success. In this episode, the Spaniard discusses Ancelotti's ability to bring dressing rooms together and explains how he finally ended Real's long wait for La Decima. Javi, your, your first experience of playing under Carlo was at Real Madrid. So what was your first impression of him when he came in to replace Jose Mourinho? From the first moment, you could notice that uh, Carlo is a... He has a great personality, he has a great charm to, to get close to the players. He has been a great player and that's one of his best qualities, I think. Was it clear on what he wanted from you individually straight away then and as a team as well, how he wanted the team to play? Yeah, he, he gave the players a lot of responsibility. Uh, he, he knew the style of uh, of football that he wanted for the team. Uh, at that moment, we, we had uh, a great squad and we were all you know, really focused on, on winning the Champions League, La Decima. We had been chasing it for, for years and it was like a big goal for, for all of us in the, in the season. But he knew that he, he, he didn't want to pressure, pressure us too much. He wanted us to feel comfortable and to, to gain that confidence to, to make all the way to the final. The original champions of Europe are champions again. Real Madrid's name will be engraved on the European Cup for a tenth time. 2014 is the year of La Decima. Carlo Ancelotti succeeds where a string of famous predecessors haven't been able to. Success in returning Real Madrid to the summit of the European game. How did he take the pressure off? Because, as you say, the pressure got bigger and bigger through that season, didn't it? Because you were getting closer to La Decima, your 10th European Cup. Yeah, but he knew that the best, the best way was to go step-by-step. Uh, step. Uh, it wasn't to think about the final in Lisbon. It was 
to go group stage, last 16, quarterfinals, and, and we made a, we played against all the German teams. We played last 16 against Schalke, Dortmund, Bayern semifinals, and the final against Atletico Madrid. You had to miss the final, of course. You were suspended. So how was he with you in that period? Did he speak to you about missing out? Because it would have been so hugely disappointing on a personal level. Yeah, it was a big blow of, for sure for, for myself, but for Carlo as well, because at that moment we, we were really close and I had been playing with him a very important role. And you know, uh, to miss that final, uh, it, it was hard to take, but you know, uh, he was more focused on, on thinking about who was going to play in that situation, in that position, sorry, rather than. Uh, rather than Trying to to conform me because it was I, I had to, to accept that situation and nothing nothing to do at the moment. What did Carlo want from you as a midfielder? Because obviously your primary role was as a ball playing midfielder, but you had other qualities as well, didn't you? But Real had players, a lot of them in their midfield and up front, who wanted to get forward. Yeah, he wanted me to to think about the team, to to take responsibility of what to do because. Trying to to uh, to, re to read the ideas he has off the pitch to play them on the pitch, and you know he had been a great midfielder, and he could see uh, myself. I could do something similar to, to talk with younger players. I was I was thirty nine, uh, sorry thirty one at that at that moment. So I was experienced enough to, to try to glue the team around and to, to talk with the young players and to, to gain from their qualities to make the team play better. You talk about how Carlo has a close relationship with all his players and he's very well known for that and he's worked with so many big name players. You're one of those big name players. So what's his skill? What, how does he get the best out of those players? You know, he, he takes things very seriously, but at the same time, He's smart enough to, to have like a, a little, little uh, not joke, but not in such a, a meaningful way to, to say things. And he knows very well to do with, with great players. That's why he has been one of the best coaches with the best CV to conceive his career in Italy, France, England. In Spain, Germany, so he has an incredible career. He's with his uh, character. He knows how to get close to the players, being being uh, demanding the players, but at the same time giving the players the responsibility for them to, to take a step forward. The first season you worked with Carlo at Real Madrid, were you disappointed that only lasted one season? You signed a new contract, but ultimately you left for Bayern Munich, didn't you? Yeah, for me, I had been in, in Madrid, as I said before, uh, winning the Champions League with Real Madrid was like a massive target, a massive goal for, 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 for all of us and for myself uh, particularly. And once we got it, it was like the, the business was done. Uh, I was 32 at that stage and uh, I was really comfortable in the club, in the team. Uh, I had an important role, the confidence of the manager, but I felt that it was the right moment to, to take, uh, to get a new, new experience. And, and later on, yeah, we, 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 we were together in yeah. Munich. 
So what were your thoughts a couple of years later when Carlo was appointed at Bayern? Uh, once we knew that Pep was leaving, Guardiola was leaving uh, Munich to go to Manchester, uh, for sure. Carl uh, Heitz from Medigue asked me what, what I thought about Carlo and, and you know, I had had a, a great experience with him. He knew how to deal with big clubs, uh, and and I was I was uh, really sure that it was a great great choice. And I imagine once Carlo was appointed, your teammates were asking what to expect from him. Yeah, yeah, they, they were really curious about how how was going to be to work with him, and and as uh, straightforward, it's easy to work with with Carlo because. He's a football man, and he's, he, he, he likes to, to give that, to get close to the players, but at the same way to, get, to give that responsibility to them. When people talk about Carlo, it's often about his personality, and you mentioned his charm, but he's very good tactically as well, isn't he? Yeah, he knows all about football. You know, there are no secrets for Carlo in football, and and he likes to have that. Uh, well, he likes. You know, he has all that knowledge, but uh, as the, at the same time, he 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 studies and analyzes the opponent, but giving more uh, importance, more meaningful, what his team can do. You mentioned the responsibility Carlo gives players. Is that what top players want then? That responsibility and ownership of their job? Yeah, for sure. I think that top players, they, they want uh, them to, to have to, uh, to accept uh, that big uh, challenge to, to make a team uh, play well, to, to make a team be competitive. And, and I think that you need to be encouraged by the manager, and he's one of them. You've worked as well under Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola, as you mentioned, hugely successful managers, but very different personalities from Carlo, on the face of it at least. So are there any similarities that Carlo shares with those two? They are all leaders. Yeah. Different personalities, different styles, but they are leaders. And whenever they have to, to, to decide something or to be the ones taking that first role or first first word for for whatever big deal, they are there and you can rely on them. You made a huge decision at the end of that season with Bayern, personally, didn't you? You decided to retire. You were still quite young and playing well, only thirty-five. So did you speak to Carlo a lot about that decision? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once I took that that decision, I, I spoke with him because you know. I, I, I felt very close to him at, at that moment and, and I thought that it had to be uh, one of the first to know that, that decision uh, that it was going to be my, my last year and he had been there. So for him, he could understand my, my, uh, my decision. Philippe Lam as well took the same decision that year, so Philippe and myself, we, we retired in the same game. The last game we we say we gave a proper goodbye to, to football. Uh, Carol was on the sidelines, so it was very very emotional. 
when you listen to players talking about Carlo or read what they've had to say about him, it seems like he's very, very popular in the dressing room. So it's never a case of Carlo being out of the room and players moaning about him then. Never. I, I have very, very. I have never heard anyone talking badly about Carlo because he's a great manager. He has been a great player, but above all, he's a great man. Uh, you know, he's honest. He has a good heart. Uh, he's respected and he respects everyone. And that's above all the other qualities that he has. We're talking to you today from your uh, Real Sociedad. So you're coaching there now, the club's under 23. So is there anything you've learned from Carlo that you apply in your coaching now? Yeah, lots, lots of things. Lots of things in, in football terms, in man management, you know, uh, knowing uh, in, in certain moments how to deal with, with the group. That's most of the most, uh, one of the most important uh, lessons that I have learned uh, with Carlo. In what way? Is that when you're dealing with the group or in how you relate to the players? Yeah, how to, sometimes you need to get closer, sometimes you need to be more strict, you know, it's, it's not just one phase, they have to, sometimes they need to feel uh, surprised about what, what you do, uh, what's, what's your, your, what your reaction to different things, uh, and you could see that Carlo was really flexible in, in those in those reactions, on, in, on those approaches to the team. Well, just if I can just ask one question on David as well, Carlo's son, who worked with him at PSG and Real and Bayern Munich and Napoli and now at Everton. Obviously, he was so young when he started at Real Madrid, but seems very, very confident in what he's doing. Uh, David, he, he loves football. He watches so many games. He thinks about what to do, how, how to train. And, and David... Uh, with Francesco, uh, they used to, to prepare all the practices and they were really involved, even being really, really young. They were dealing with, with all of us, with all the players, and uh, age wasn't, wasn't an issue. They were prepared and they were ready to, to help us get better and to prepare us better. They would have been 25. I think, when they first went to Real Madrid, wouldn't they? So, were all the players looking at them and thinking, let's see how good they are? They were, they were respected. As right. I said before, it wasn't, it wasn't a matter of age. They were there, they were always trying to help us. They were preparing good sessions. They were really thinking about how to, to get better with the team. And, you know, as I said, Davide, Francesco, Giovanni, Paul Clement, uh, Carlo, uh, they were they were over, you know they, they are like a family. Uh, Mino as well, nutritionist, yeah. uh, you know they are like a proper Italian family. And it sounds like you think Everton have done quite well to get that proper Italian family to Goodison Park. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they will they will make their their mark in Goodison. Yeah. You've been listening to Knowing Carlo, an official Everton podcast series. Download all episodes now via your preferred podcast app.